Welcome to Essence to Essence Insights, based on Dr. Zelenko's book. This is a project of Orkanimi. This is Saratova Beth. Today we are speaking about will and free will. We keep saying in his book, he goes through the alphabet, so we're up to the F, free will. So before we talk about free will, who has it? What is free will? And what do you, what do you, what do you, what does it feel like when you have free will? And who has it? Can anybody have free will? And what do you have to do? And all those questions. But first we want to know what will is. To have free will, you have to have a will. So the thing about will is, will, rotten, desire, is the whole everything that's happening in life is happening because of will, desire, rotten. Because it says Hashem had a will, a desire to make a dwelling place in this physical world. So if we're here and we're on a phone, which is part of this physical world, and we're learning this, we're learning Tyra, we're learning deep Tyra, etc., and we're putting the two together in this place, it's for the purpose of a dwelling place in the lowest world, and why should there be one? Because Hashem wants one. He has a will that it should happen. So that means because he wants, he gets. We all grew up on the concept of just because you want it doesn't mean you have have to have it. And that's the major difference. That's the major difference between Gullus and Geula. In Gullus, you get used to, you're brought up with the concept that just because you want it doesn't mean it has to come into existence. They didn't create what you want. You're not the, the Gullus, the old, old Gullus view is, you know, you're not the, you're not the center of the universe that you think just because you want <clears throat> excuse me, this pair of shoes that they should be in the store. Who do you think you are? This is the old Gullus view. The world doesn't revolve around you. Who do you think you are? You need those shoes, so this, the store has to have them exactly when you want them. What? I went on Amazon, and they, they, they didn't have that kind of air conditioner, only the other one? That's crazy. This is the old Gullus view. I want... And in Gullus, we're taught, you want? Good for you? Too bad. In Gaula, I want? Of course. The world is created through your want. <clears throat> if your want is in sync with Hashem's, and when it is, then tremendous creation happens from it. And Hashem himself creates the world at every single moment because he wants. So his desire for this world causes it it's not just it inspires him one thing is why do you why do you need to want things you know to get yourself in the mood to do things you know so you have to want otherwise you'll be too lazy and you'll never do all the work good very classical view you mode you need the motivation of wanting to get yourself to do all the hard work that's involved in doing it there's a higher view which is when you want it, that is already creating an energy that is creating it. We're only surmising that because um, Hashem wanted and wants. It's not a, once upon a time he wanted a dwelling place in this world. If, if he wanted it once upon a time, so what's he doing now? What does he do all day? You mean he lost his he lost his, his desire? 
no, all day long. He's wanting what he wanted then. He never stopped wanting. He never will stop wanting. In fact, there's room to say, so to speak, that through his wanting, that's how he creates it. Well, that's interesting. And Yisrael v'kutshabichu kulachad. You're one with Hashem. So does that imply that on some level, maybe, through your wanting something, you can be a co-creator in that? So as he says, okay, so that's the question I'm leaving you with. Now, let's look at what what he's saying in the book. He's saying will, want, is the faculty that moves a person's inner soul powers. You have kaichas and nefesh. You have kaichas in you. What makes them work? You have to want. And the truth is, so you have these energies, these ten, ten kaichas and nefesh. So, and he's actually saying that, um, well, we're going to speak about free will in the next audio. But he's actually saying in the book the following. So, I want something. Like, I want to go swimming. A lot of steps to go swimming. I have to, all the things, get in the car, go there, go to the pool, etc. Hundreds and thousands of steps to get from inside the gate to outside the gate to inside the pool. We just aren't, aren't aren't aware of how many hundreds of thousands of steps there are. But, when I want it, the question is, I, I'm activating these kaichas that I have, these inner soul energies, inner soul powers, ten kaichas and nefesh. Where are they? Where are they? If I want to go swimming, I know this, I know where the swimming pool is, but where are my ten kaichas and nefesh, my soul, inner soul powers, where are they? If I want to activate them. Where are they? They're actually in different parts of the body. Oh, okay. And then how do I turn them on or off, make them work? Well, they're controlled by the nervous system. Okay, so we're saying, we're saying, you. oops. Okay, what we're saying is the following. So, you have all your kaisas and nefesh. Just like we said, I know where the swimming pool is. Okay, I know where my soul powers are. Where? They're embedded in different parts of the body. And how do I control them? By the nervous system. So, what is this nervous system? It's a whole configuration of sensory and motor nerves that go out of, imagine this. You have a spinal column, and everything goes out of there. It goes out in all directions. And you have a brain on the top, right, on top of the central column. And it's basically what happens is um, your brain on top tells your body, it activates your ten kaichus nefesh, excuse me, your ten soul powers. It activates them through, from your brain down through your spinal cord down to any one of the limbs. So, for instance, if you want to... Excuse me, if you want to stand up right now, what do you do? Your brain will tell each of your limbs, there are a lot of steps involved in standing up, 
the brain will send a signal. The brain is in charge. It says, do this. Legs bend, this muscle contract, this muscle relax, relax, move in this way. It tells your limbs what to do. Why? Why do you have to talk to your limbs? Because your ten kaisas and nefesh are in there, are in those parts of the, in those limbs. So here's the question. What does this have to do with anything? What makes your brain decide to tell your body what to do? You ready? It depends on your will, on your desire, on your rutsam. Because, as it says, as he's writing in his book, the nervous system is is the embodied mechanism through which the lofty faculty of will exerts its influence over the inner soul powers in the body. What does that mean? You have a nervous system. And when you want something, you will, your desire will turn on or off those soul powers that are in different parts of the body and make different parts of the body move. So he said, for example, the power of movement is in your arms, your legs, etc., but the control of them is by the nervous system. So there are lots and lots of things that we, that we don't, you know, there are lots and lots of things that we don't do on purpose. And there's lots of, lots of complexity in moving different parts of your body. So, for instance, a reflex. So, so here's the thing. A person makes a decision to move their hands. Or a painter has an image in his mind. I'm just giving you over what it says in the book. A painter has a picture in his mind. How does he know he has a picture in his mind? Because it goes from his brain through his nervous system down his spinal cord and it goes out to his hands. It goes out to his hands. And then it tells his fingers, move this way and that way so that you can paint. It tells his fingers, pick up the brush. Dip the brush in this way, in this color. Hold your hands this and this way to the canvas and start to paint. And it's very exact because the truth is the difference between an incredible artist and the rest of us is they pick up the brush, they put, hold it to the canvas, and something totally different happens when they put their fingers on a brush near a canvas as opposed to us. We just take, you know, take a brush, and they do these unbelievably refined things with their fingers. How did they get their fingers to do that? They want it. It's will, desire. They have a desire for it to happen. They tell, they want it. So their brain picks up. What turns on the brain? Your will, your desire. That's what turns on the brain. And the brain says, okay, here's the order. Ready? We're going, the brain says, I see the picture. There's this incredible picture in my mind. Just like we always, you know, we'll have different ideas of where we want to go, what we want to do, what we want to feel. It's, we're, we're pulled towards a picture of what we wish we could have. And if we want it enough, it literally then, it speaks to our brain, which, speak, which sends the message, as we said it several times, down our spinal column, through the nervous system, out to the limbs and says, do this. So the power of movement is an inner soul power. It's an inside kayacha nefesh. It's permanently in your limbs. 
doesn't fly away. That means if you have kaiches in your hands and your feet, it doesn't go anywhere. It stays there, and it gets turned on and or off. But it's inside of you. Your ten kaiches nefesh are inside of you, in your hands, your feet, your, all those parts. But what about will, desire? Where is it inside of you? It's not. It's not what? It's not inside of you. So where is it? It's outside of you. It's called the transcendental soul power. Number one, it's transient. It lasts a very short time. And number two, it's encompassing. It's not inside you. Your will, your power to want something is not inside you. It's outside of you. It hovers around you. It encircles you. So it kind of feels like, oh, boy, it, it could fly away. That's number one. And number two, it's transient, which means you want it, you don't, you know, you know, hey, who wants ice cream? Yeah, let's go. Let's go to the ice cream store. By the time you're there already, you know, you say, well, what do you want to order? And one person says, nah, I don't feel like having ice cream anymore. You just wanted it five minutes ago. So that was five minutes ago. What's wrong with you? There's nothing wrong with me. Will is transient. It comes, it goes every two seconds. Literally, a person can be crazy to go to the ice cream store and have ice cream. And then they hear a piece of news that's not pleasant. And they say, you still, which flavor ice cream do you want? Is it, forget it, I don't want. That quickly, in a split second, but their will can be turned off or on. So, yes, it's transient and it goes around you. So you have, is that a good thing or a bad thing? You have this will. It's not even inside of you. You can't even call it your own. It's flying around you somewhere. Is it yours? So I guess we could say, well, let's sync up our will with the best place. For instance, in the rock star world, right, What or in the world today of, you know, the pop culture, so there's a very there's a very uh strong attempt to influence the will in the advertising okay, let's do that. In the advertising agency. They know this. They know that if you want something, then you will tell your brain to tell your body to do this and you'll find yourself if you want that ice cream, then you will tell your body, you know, walk down the street and go to that place or get in the car or call a taxi. It will tell your body to do all of that because you want it. So what do they do in advertising? They make sure they tell you what you want. They make sure they work very, very subtly with you to affect what you're going to want. Now, and they have access to it because this will, that it's not deeply inside of you. You can't, it's not, not like inside your house and locked and nobody can get to it. It's outside the house on the front lawn, so to speak. It's like on the grass in front of your house or on the sidewalk that goes around your house, so to speak. It's like that, like the will. It's outside of you. So anybody can grab it. Anybody. And the advertising agency uh, industry knows. Grab the people's will. It's there for the taking. It's on the outside of them, flying around. Let's grab it. Tell them what to want. We want them to want to buy our product. We can become billionaires. What do you mean? So we realize that with our will, 
we have a very, very, the most powerful tool, except the most vulnerable tool. We just said why it's vulnerable, because outside, anybody can grab it and influence it. On the other hand, and it changes all the time. So is that good or bad? So the fact that it changes all the time, we see the problems. But it's interesting. The fact that it's transient and it can change all the time means even if you have a negative will, in one second you can change it. That's going to be, we're going to speak about free choice in the next free will and free free will, now that we're speaking about will, but we're going to speak about it in the next audio. So anybody can, so so it, it can change all the time. It can change from bad to good. What you want can switch in a second from bad to good. In fact, I realize this today. One of the things we, we need to do when we see that we think negatively too much is do an exercise of every time we feel like, oh, it's so terrible, boom, think of three thank you Hashems in that minute. And the next time, again, we have that strong negative thought right there, produce three thank you Hashem for this, this, this. And new ones, not stale ones, like things that you see in front of your eyes. Because it will start to retrain the brain because the brain gets, um, the will gets pulled in and stolen by the world of negative thinking, the world of problems. So what we want to do is steal it back and put it to the world of thank you, Hashem. So that's the union of will. And I'll, let's just pull it together with one more thing. Um, he's saying here in his book, um, oh, sorry, and one other thing, the fact that it's encompassing, we said, it's hovering all around you, your will. So anybody can grab it. But what? that's the bad news. What's the good news? Because it surrounds you, it can affect everything in your life. That's what's so powerful about it. Nothing stands in the way of will. That's why it's so powerful. And when we think up our will, we say, well, who should determine what I should want? Ah, let's leave it to Hashem. Let's think up our will with Hashem's will. Right? Make your will the same as his will. Why? What do you mean? Because then that transient that surrounding kayach, that is the most powerful thing you have, your will. Nothing stands in the way of will. That, surround, that will that's hovering around you, if you use it in the most powerful way, thinks up with Hashem, with Hashem's will, there isn't anything you can't accomplish. So when it, we happen to be recording this, Almost, you know, it's Erev Hamisha Asabaav, a day of huge ge'ula. We'll speak about it more on, on, on the day itself. But it's a day to say, Hashem, please help me make my will one with your will. Because if so, then all the messages I send to my body will be healthy messages so that I can be physically healthy emotionally healthy, spiritually healthy. Because my will, if my will is one with yours, Hashem, 
then it will tell my brain, okay, do this and this thing, which will be, if it's under Hashem's guidance, what to want. He wants us to be healthy. He wants us to be in a geula, to open our eyes and see Mashiach. So if if we're saying, what do you want, Hashem? He says, I want goodness. Okay, I want goodness. I want, tells my brain, do this. My brain says, sends messages to my body to either turn on the healthy genes or, God forbid, the opposite. So the healthiest thing we can do is to sync up our will, our transient will with Hashem. And that's the, and, and, and say, Hashem, from this, let's move into physically, emotionally, spiritually, all the things together with our ten kaichos and nefesh. And let's find ourselves in the base of Mikdash Shlishi immediately now.